If you have to pick one to sing in a karaoke, <laughs> oh, my favorite to sing apart from Satisfied would definitely be King George's. Yeah, for sure, King George is great. The song. <laughs> yeah. <the> <laughs> Hi everyone, I'm Becky, and this is Claire, and welcome to another episode of Podways. So, in this podcast, we always discuss things related to musical theaters and plays, even though it's pretty much just musical. And <laughs> <laughs> and this is a big episode today because we are finally, finally going to talk about the Hamilton. I've been holding my breath. <laughs> uh, I'm so excited, Claire. Oh my god! We always we mentioned it in a couple of episodes, but our process is literally like look through our list and then check out the vibe and what we feel like. And we're like, do we feel like a big musical or a small musical? And we've been like, oh, you know, we've been doing a lot of smaller musicals. Might as well just get the big ones out of the way. What is mm-hmm. the bi- biggest musical we could think of? Hamilton. Hamilton. <laughs> and, and that's Hamilton kind of how we reached a decision <laughs> to go with this one. Um, so maybe first let's go through a brief synopsis and kind of like the reception, cultural understanding around Hamilton. And then we can go more of a deep dive into how we became familiar with it and into the musical itself. So okay. for the brief synopsis of the show, the show is actually based on a 2004 biography about Alexander Hamilton. And the musical follows the life story of the founding father, Alexander Hamilton. So um, the events kind of leading up and following the American Revolution up until his death. So that's kind of like a very condensed and meaningless almost synopsis of the show, but you'll you'll understand more when you listen to it later on. But in terms of the musical itself, so the musical itself was like a cultural phenomenon. It's like probably, and I understand it's like a big responsibility, a big title on it, and it is totally subjective in my opinion, but I think there is some error to it. It's probably the most influential musical of the 21st century so far. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, it was written by Lin-Manuel Miranda, who I'm sure you've heard about quite a lot since. He's been doing a lot of work, and we actually already covered him in the show for In the Heights. And it premiered on Broadway in 2015. It's currently still running. It's mega successful. Tickets are very, very expensive, uh, which is something that actually has been a little bit of a criticism of the show, is in existence in several countries, including obviously America, where it debuted, um, but also West End. And there is a Canadian tour coming. It was supposed to come here, and we'll talk about that later on in 2020. But of course, everybody knows 2020 had its own plans. <laughs> um, so Hamilton was a massive critical and commercial success, and it was nominated for 13 Tony Awards, and it won 11 of them. It was revolutionary for incorporating rap into musical theater format and also casting the real life founding fathers who were white as people of color just to reflect America's current diversity. So it was definitely something that was incredibly revolutionary within musical theater and you still feel the changes I'd made till today. So very, very influential as we mentioned. Claire, what is your familiarity with Hamilton? Honestly, I would say it's very minimum. Like, I know it's a big thing, and I know that people talk about it. It's super big. When you mentioned that it came to Toronto, well, almost came to Toronto. Well, it did. Well, it did, but you didn't get to see it, which Mm. is very unfortunate. Uh, I saw its posters pretty much 
everywhere, I'll say. And it's a big thing. And I know it's big before I listen to any of the songs. I think I tried to listen to the soundtrack recording, but it didn't work for me. I didn't get through the whole thing. And I think I knew that it was a very rap focused or rap heavy musical. And that was pretty much it. So in terms of the musical, I know it's big, but I don't really know what it was or I haven't seen it. And then, and obviously I did get through all the songs. And in terms <laughs> of the person himself, I'm gonna admit that I'm very ignorant in terms of American history in general. So I don't know anything about the person pretty much until I watched this musical. Do you remember, before we get about me, um, do you remember approximately when you tried listening to the soundtrack for the first time? I think it was a couple years ago, like maybe two to three years ago, 2019, 2020, definitely after I met you. Oh, I'm sure about that. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. One day I was just, you know, listening to music on YouTube uh-huh. in general and uh, I was listening to music from musicals and up on you know in my recommended list there was uh, a song from Hamilton I think it was Helpless or something mm. and I listened to it and I listened to maybe a couple more but because it was rap and I'm not um, exactly a, a rap fan or I can't understand rap very much so I give it a try for maybe a couple of the songs but then after that I was it you know for sure but you mentioned the first song that you um, heard I guess on the musical playlist was Helpless which isn't mm-hmm. a rap song did it kind of pique your curiosity just because it wasn't rap so it was something that it was more familiar in terms yeah, of yeah absolutely okay. absolutely I listened to it and be like oh this is not bad and listen to the next <laughs> one it was a rap song and then the next one it was also a rap song and then a couple more that are pretty much rap <laughs> in uh. general and I'm like okay maybe it's not for me or Rather that it is not for me is more like, oh, I need to watch the thing so that mm. it makes sense to me. That's that's fair for sure. Do you remember any of the other songs you listened? So, I mean, obviously remember Helpless, but any of the rap song, do you remember which ones? Um, A Shot or A Shot? Oh, I not the... the yeah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, my shot. <laughs> I gonna, think it was what it was. Yeah, called. I'm not gonna waste my shot. <laughs> yeah, and but it was called my shot, yeah. what else was? I think I also listened to Satisfied just because it's the one that came right after Helpless. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um. So for me, I heard about it pretty much right when it came out in 2015 early 2016 my friend was super duper into this musical and I was in a very similar boat to you in the sense that I don't listen to rap even to this day like the main rap I listen to is like Nicki Minaj Mm -hmm. (laughs) that would probably probably be about it like a little bit of Cardi B but I am by no means a rap enthusiast and I'm very ignorant about rap as a whole but even like at 2015, 20, early 2016, I heard no rap whatsoever. And I also didn't like listening to something that had like foul language and stuff like that. So another like difficulty of just like a barrier of entry into the genre. So just because my friend was obsessed with it, I really wanted to figure out what this whole thing is about. And she made me listen to one, to like the soundtrack all the way through. And 
at that point, the only songs I liked were the Skylar Sisters songs and mm-hmm. King George's song, embarrassingly enough. Um, and then I was like, oh, okay, there are a couple of good songs in there, but I don't like all the rap, so it's not for me. And then I promptly, like, ignored it for uh, the longest time until 2018, where I started to get into musicals a lot again. So this is my Spotify unwrap. Oh my God. For 2019. And it says that Hamilton was my number one artist. I spent, honestly, it's not even that much, but I spent 28 hours listening to Hamilton. It's actually not that much, I think, because the soundtrack is at least an hour, I think, right? So probably it only means I listened to it 28 times or something. It said my favorite songs there. It's no longer my favorite song. We'll get to that. But it says at least my most listened song in 2019, Mm -hmm. Right Hand Man. So clearly I had some kind of insurgence in Hamilton related content in 2019. And I like became obsessed. I really, really enjoyed it. And that is also when Hamilton was supposed to start touring in Canada with a Canadian cast. So that did happen. And I got, you remember this, Claire, I'm sure. But I was literally like waiting, wasting my entire weekend for hours and hours in line for the queue for the website. Mm -hmm. Literally hours and hours. Tens of thousands of people were in front of me in the queue trying to get tickets to see the Canadian production. And I got kicked out. And I wasn't able to do it on the weekend. So I had to wait until Monday at work work to try to order tickets again. And I managed to get tickets, but I managed to get tickets that were expensive. And I wanted to get as a gift both for me and for my sister for Christmas. Yeah, that wasn't that wasn't very nice. And because I wanted to wait, watch it with my sister, uh, because she was also really into Hamilton at that time. We got tickets for after she would finish exams, a.k.a. end of April. And so by end of April 2020, obviously the theaters weren't running. There was a panini going around and everything got shut down. Sorry, I'm not crying at all. But everything everything got shut down. And people who saw it in February, for example, because it was running in February, they got to see it. But I who got tickets for April, still didn't get to see it to this day because it's only opening in 2023. Um, I still have the Mervish credit or whatever, so I am going to see it when it finally comes here. So that is to say that I am very, very familiar with Hamilton. But also, just as a footnote in all of that, we are Canadian over here. We know nothing or very, very little about American history. We have a large chunk of audience that is American. So I'm sure our American history knowledge is going to be laughable. So Mm. (laughs) don't judge us too harshly, okay? Yeah, Uh, you honestly spoke my mind because the entire time, okay, so I watched it with my family, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, you did? I did, I did, because I told them, oh my God, this is so good. Well, I didn't watch it yet, but then I told them that it's so big. You told them it was good before watching? That's I told a them that it's big. Okay. And then that is popular. Okay. And it's about like American American history. It's very rap focused. And um, you know, it could be interesting. So I tried to make him watch it with me. Yeah. We're all very ignorant in terms of American history. Um, <laughs> so halfway through the thing, like I think it was during close to intermission, my sister asked me, 
so is this real? And I'm like, yeah, duh. This is like based on a real person's life. And she goes like, oh, I thought it was like made up. And I'm like, no. And the, obviously the only person she recognized from the entire show up until that point was uh, George Washington. So, <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, that pretty much sums it up. Okay, yeah, I think I think that's probably the thing. Like I knew very, very briefly about like, you know, American independence and stuff like that. I knew 7076. Mm-hmm all that kind of shit Mm -hmm. but I didn't really know anything in details and I still like that is that and maybe like a little bit more of a deep dive as inspired by this musical is my familiarity with American history so we're both not experts not even beginners (laughs) not even beginners (laughs) in American history I think like a a toddler that went to school uh, or kindergarten in the U.S. would probably know more yeah (laughs) absolutely absolutely (laughs) we expected to know stuff that is related to this musical and this is what we're going to be talking about there is I don't know if you if you've seen this I'm sure you usually do like research I think (laughs) outside of just watching the musical so I'm sure you actually um saw other people talking about some kind of controversies related to Hamilton and kind of the portrayal of the founding father. So I know there's a lot of criticism about that and the inaccuracies and kind of the glorification of the founding fathers. I don't Mm -hmm. think we're going to touch much, if any at all, on that in here, just because, again, we're not Americans. We don't know. And I don't (laughs) think that will be the point of this anyway. Um, Hmm. It's like, you know, there's no definite version of the stories. And we're not historians, experts, mm-hmm. per se. So there's really no point of discussing what actually happened versus yeah. like, who he actually is and that kind of thing. So yeah, we're just gonna purely be talking about how we enjoy the musical and how the musical is to yeah. us. And, and that's pretty much it. Before we start, we've never done this before, and I don't know if this is something we're going to continue, but it's something that I really wanted to do Mm -hmm. just to test myself. Um, But I have some predictions. Oh, okay. Um, So my predictions is that you're going to kin Aaron Burr. Prediction Uh number two is that your favorite song is either going to be Wait For It or Dear Theodosia. Oh, Okay. I'm either right on the money or I'm wrong. <laughs> I'm extremely wrong. That's by, by reaction. <laughs> you'll see, you'll see. And prediction number three is that even though you don't enjoy rap mm-hmm. and you had your reservation regarding this musical, you would give it a good score. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll talk more about No! No, no, I refuse to believe that I'm wrong about the third. The third I was most confident about you. Oh man. Ah, uh-huh. okay. Um, okay. Anyway, I just I just was really really excited about this because I think this is something that you would love to discuss and fur- like further. This is something that has a lot of like complexities to it and it seems like up your alley. So I just wanted to make these predictions like that. So, okay, should we go into it? Yes. Okay. Actually, surprisingly, the musical there's it's a very long musical it's about two hour and 40 minutes and it feels like there's a lot going on but my summary is not very long very Mm -hmm. very surprisingly so the musical opens with the cast singing about alexander hamilton's journey to new york from the caribbeans which is where he was born and grew up so a bit of background about him his father left his mom and him when he was young his mom died when he was 12 years old He moved in with his cousins who committed suicide, and then he rose up the ranks um, to be sent to New York. 
So then we move forward to 1776 in New York. Um, Hamilton, who is a student or an aspiring student at King's College, seeks out Ern Burr um, for advice. So Aaron Burr, kind of the second most important character here, definitely somebody to keep in mind throughout the entire time. So Hamilton talks very, very passionately about his goals, his ambitions, etc. And Burr advises him something that is very entrenched to his character. So he advises him to keep his opinions to himself, smile more and be more amenable to get ahead in life. So that's kind of his philosophy. Hamilton is kind of exactly the opposite of that. He's very headstrong. He speaks before thinking, really. He's very brash, very passionate. Um, so that's kind of advice. Could be a little bit difficult for him to implement. And in that encounter, he actually also meets three additional men. And all these three additional men want to fight for the American Revolution. So we have John Lawrence, who wants to end slavery, Marquis de Lafayette, a Frenchman who came to help from France, and Hercules Mulligan, who is a tailor, um, who is hopeful to advance in life. So Hamilton impresses the entire group by speaking passionately, which is something that he thought to be a flaw, but they actually tell him, hey, recognize their strength for what they are. And they kind of decide to use these strengths, his ability to speak eloquently, to advance his station and the cause of the American independence. So the group also bonds as friends and they all decide to advance both the revolution and also, of course, their station in life. So throughout the entire musical, your legacy, your station in life, the amount of um, influence that, you, that uh, the people have will be very, very important. Then we are introduced to the Schuyler sisters, which we already talked about here. Um, those are three daughters who come from a very rich family in New York. They go downtown to watch the men talk about the revolution and just brainstorm ideas. And then downtown, Hamilton debates against a loyalist to the crown and impresses everyone by tearing him to pieces. <laughs> then we cut to a message from King George, who naturally is of course, very against the colony's independence and will retaliate with military force to any insurgents. And that's exactly what happens. So King George ends up sending 32,000 British troops to New York uh, Harbor to fight against the American revolutionaries. Hamilton is at the battlefield fighting and expressing his full faith in his general, which is George Washington. Washington needs a right-hand man to help him during the war, and Burr introduces himself to Washington and offers his assistance to help with the war, but Washington ends up choosing Hamilton to be his right-hand man, and Hamilton accepts, beginning to devise plans for the war. Then we have like a time skip. We cut to the winter ball in 1780. Hamilton begins to court the Schuyler sisters for their money and status mainly. So he courts Eliza, who is the middle daughter, who falls pretty much head over heels for him and the two wed. At their wedding, we find out he originally actually went after Angelica, who is the eldest daughter, but she introduced him to Eliza because she saw that First of all, Eliza fell head over heels for him, and she, of course, is very loyal to her sister. And Angelica also fell for Hamilton, but she decided to make the sacrifice for her sister. But also, because she's the eldest sister, she kind of has a complex role. Her role is to improve her family station through marriage, and Hamilton is broke and has no status currently. 
Burr attends Hamilton and Eliza's wedding, and we find out that he has a lover named Theodosia, who is married to a British officer. So his love life is very complicated as well. During that kind of encounter, when we learn about his lover, Burr has a solo, which is one of my predictions for Claire's favorite song. <laughs> um, and in his solo, he basically describes his entire approach to life. So he's willing to wait for the right opportunity rather than charging carelessly towards his ambitions, which is pretty much the polar opposite of Hamilton. Then we cut to the war. The American revolutionaries are facing a lot of difficulties and tensions are high among the troops. Hamilton constantly asks for the command, but Washington refuses, instead promoting Charles Lee, who is pretty much a coward. So when Hamilton and Lawrence overhear Lee talking shit <laughs> about Washington, Lawrence challenges him to a duel. And during the duel, he shoots Lee to wound, not to kill. And Washington apologizes on Lee's and Hamilton's behalf and then dismisses both of them, including Hamilton, meaning to go home. And at home, Hamilton finds out Eliza is pregnant. Back to the battle. Lafayette has been uh, critical in securing France's support, and he advocates for Hamilton to return so he can help with the plans of what to do during the war. And when Hamilton does arrive, Washington advises him about the gravity of commanding troops. This leads us to the Battle of Yorktown in 1781, where Lafayette and Hamilton reunite. We also learn that Mulligan has been spying for the Americans while Lawrence went south to try to emancipate slaves. So the British surrender and the Americans win, which signals their independence from the British and their start of the new nation. After the war, John Lawrence was unfortunately killed by British officers in the South. Continuing after the war, both Hamilton and Burr reflect on the birth of their firstborn. So Burr has a daughter with Theodosia. Confusingly enough, she's also named Theodosia, um, while Hamilton has a son named Philip. So the two went back to school and studied law, and they currently practice together as lawyers. Hamilton was chosen for the Constitutional Convention. He is rising in the ranks um, or in society much, much more quickly than Burr. And he actually asks Burr to help him out because he believes that Burr is the better lawyer, but he is rejected. Burr doesn't want to help. Angelica gets married and moves to London, and Washington forms a government and asks Hamilton to be the Treasury Secretary. And that's the end of Act 1. Act 2 opens in 1789, so another time skip, with the introduction of Thomas Jefferson. So he's coming back from France. He's been the ambassador there throughout the war and is returning to become Secretary of State. So that under George Washington, we have two secretaries, one of Treasury, one of States. I don't know if this is still the case, but this is what it is in Hamilton. Um, he's warned by James Madison, who is another fellow person from the South, um, that he's been fighting for the South and the Senate against Hamilton's financial plan, which is concentrated in New York. The two debate establishing a national bank and assume state debt. During the debate, Hamilton goes off the handle of it, and he is served by Washington, the cold hard truth. He doesn't have the votes in the Senate, and if he doesn't get the plan to pass, then everybody would vote him out and he'd be fired, essentially. Um, so what he really needs to do in this kind of situation is he has to make nice with Jefferson to stay in his position and also to pass his proposal to advance the government, in other words. Meanwhile, Hamilton writes Angelica letters about his difficulties in the government. Angelica advises him to settle things with Jefferson no matter what. This is his top priority. Hamilton has been working nonstop and Eliza asks him to take a break just you know, 
the beginning, it was for their son's birthday. He's reluctant even for that. And his son actually devised a nice surprise for him, a poem um, that he wrote, especially for his dad to hear. It was very, very cute. I know. And um, during the same number, Angelica returned to America all the way from London, which in that time was quite a journey, I'm sure. So she, Eliza and Hamilton and their children could go upstate to stay with their father for a vacation. However, Hamilton refuses, saying he has to work. So while Eliza is gone, Hamilton begins an affair with Mariah Reynolds. So Mariah's husband finds out and blackmails Hamilton. And in his blackmail, he requires regular payments. And in exchange, he won't tell Eliza and essentially everybody else. Then uh, moving on to the agreement for forming the National Bank, Hamilton, Jefferson, and Madison meet privately and agree to form the National Bank if the capital of the country is in Washington, which is closer to the South. I've been told. I don't know American geography. This event, which Burr wasn't privy to, inspires him to pursue um, his wants and needs like Hamilton. And interestingly enough, to reach the compromise to keep Um, the National Bank or to create a National Bank and to move the nation to Washington, the capital to Washington, Hamilton had to act more like Burr, which is talk less, smile more. And then we have another fast forward. The Schuylers are back and we find out that Burr took Eliza's dad seat in the Senate. In the government, Jefferson and Hamilton debate over whether to aid France in the war to repay them a favor because France obviously helped them during the revolution. Hamilton was against supporting France since their young nation is, of course, young and fragile. And Washington backed his side, which angered Jefferson. So to try to take Hamilton down a peg, Jefferson digs to see if there is any corruption associated with Hamilton. And he finds the payments Hamilton made to James Reynolds and accuses him of embezzlement. Hamilton reveals his arrangement with Reynolds to prove his innocence and decides to publicly publish it for all to see in the newspaper to prove it to everybody, not just Jefferson. So actually, this is the first time that Eliza seen this. I mean, mm-hmm. they didn't show us any kind of indication that they talked about it before. So that must have been a very nasty surprise to see. And naturally, she's crushed. She decides to take herself out of the narrative. Just before this happened, or around the same time, we also have Jefferson resigning so he can run for presidency and Washington decides to step down and not to run for presidency against him so he can be sure that the country can survive him not being in leadership. So Jefferson's resignation and subsequent running resulted in a two party system, though he ultimately lost the election to Washington's party, I believe, led by John Adams and Adams in turn fires Hamilton. Then we cut to Philip, who, uh, as we all remember and recall, this is Hamilton's son. Um, so Philip challenges a guy who um, was shit-talking Hamilton to a duel. He goes to Hamilton to ask for advice on how to, you know, do the whole duel thing. And Hamilton lets him know the rules and instructs him very carefully to not shoot at the guy, only to shoot at the sky, because taking another man's life is something that would be horrible and would be too heavy of a burden to bear. At the duel, the guy shoots Philip, and in the end, he kills him. Hamilton and Eliza are grieving and move uptown. It is now 1800, and there is another election happening. Hamilton is staying out of politics for now, but he is asked to endorse one of the two candidates. So the race is between Jefferson and Burr, 
and Hamilton chooses to endorse Jefferson because he's more honest and forthcoming with his political beliefs. Jefferson wins and decides to change the law so that the loser is no longer vice president. So Burr is angry and he attributes his loss to Hamilton endorsing Jefferson. As a result, he challenges him to a duel. At the duel, Burr fatally shoots Hamilton and he dies. And the musical ends with us finding out what happened to the characters after Hamilton's death. So yeah. I'm going to say yay, and I realized that it ends with a death, so like maybe not yay, but good job like summarizing what happened. Thank you. I love being praised. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now you have to take me out of my misery and tell me, number one, <laughs> do you kin burr? Yes, you're actually tell. absolutely right. I, I was tell. really amazed that you were able to get your assumption number one. And number two, right? The way for it. Yeah. I yeah. Figured. Yeah. How did you know? That's pretty oh, scary, actually. I had very little doubt in my mind that you would relate to Burr immensely. Oh. <laughs> very little doubt right. in my mind. Yeah. I have a hard time trying to decide what would be my favorite song between Satisfied and Way for It. Mm. And I think Satisfied was really nice, I think, on my first try. And then I think Wait For It is just something that I think I would enjoy over and over again. So I'll have to pick that one. That is hilarious to me. Or not even hilarious, it's just scarily accurate. Because I feel like Satisfy would be the gateway drug to the musical for anybody Mm. who doesn't like rap. So for me, Satisfied was also my gateway drug into it. Like I just listened to Satisfied nonstop. Even when I didn't listen to Hamilton, so before my 2018, 2019 resurgence into it, or not resurgence, but starting to like it, I had satisfied satisfied on my playlist for non-musical things, just my regular playlist. And that's the only song from Hamilton that I had there. So I always appreciated it from the get-go. And the Scholar Sisters in general were ones I could like from the musical, even before mm-hmm. getting, getting appreciation to everything else, just because it wasn't rap. Mm-hmm. So I really think that that comment about Satisfied would resonate with everybody who didn't like rap and then got into musical through that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but what would be your favorite song? You know what? My favorite songs changes so frequently in here. Um, I think except for maybe three musical numbers one of which I really dislike every single number in here has been my favorite in one point satisfied was definitely my first favorite Mm -hmm. then apparently in 2019 um right hand man (laughs) was the one I listened to most so maybe that was right hand man no 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 no. I said in 2019 that apparently according to Spotify was my most listened to song from Hamilton or in general actually so um, I guess maybe around that time, uh, that must have been my favorite song. But literally almost every single number, except for one that I intensely dislike, the only one I consistently always skip, and then two that I just am mad about has been one of my favorite. My current one is Dear Theodosia. Okay. What would be your least favorite then? There is only case? one song that I always skip. Can I, can I, can I, tr- can I try to guess? Oh, I'd love you to try to guess. Is it Say No to This? Oh, no, I love Say No to This. Okay. <laughs> okay, um, I guess it's you, a cheating song, so I don't know, maybe. That is actually an excellent guess. And 
theme thematically I think you would be right because I don't like this kind of themes mm-hmm. I don't think you do either um but it's just a brilliant song to be fair and the acting there is top notch so mm-hmm. it's not it's far more refuted oh why I, I don't think it's <laughs> honestly I just hate that song but I don't think it's a very good song there is one line that constantly aggravates me I've never been anywhere in the states besides new york but everybody has heard about the intense rivalry or intense dislike that new yorkers have towards new jersey and i felt like the line about jersey was just a cheap shot <laughs> at mm. new jersey so that is kind of like my most hated line in the musical but it just it doesn't work for me as a number Mm -hmm. for some reason so I always skip this one the other two that I don't mind but I'm just not passionate about or I'm pretty mad about is um your obedient servant and Mm. the world was wide enough but every other song in here I can tell you was my favorite at this one point or another okay Aside from Wait For It, I'm going to say that I also really enjoyed You'll Be Back. <laughs> You'll Be Back is so brilliant. and it's so funny. Uh, did we see Jonathan Groff I in anything besides Blue? I knew from Frozen. Well, that's, that's where, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's where um, I knew him from. But we didn't see him on the podcast. We were going to for Spring Awakening, and then I backed out of that. So mm-hmm. we didn't do that for Spring Awakening. But did we see him in anything else? I don't think so. Oh my god, that that is a crime. Um, he's fantastic. Obviously, I know him first and foremost from Glee. Okay, so he was also in How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying. That mm-hmm. musical has so many celebrities <laughs> playing in it. It had Daniel Radcliffe um, in it. He It had Dan Chris, who we know and love Ooh. from Glee as well, mm-hmm. in it. And obviously from Star Kids. We cannot... Um, overlook star kids in this kind of podcast we stand um and it obviously has jonathan groff in it and probably many other people who acted in how to succeed in business without really trying he was in a new brain which is something that has been on my to watch list for a while he's mm-hmm. been in hair and he's been in little shop of horrors yes like yeah so you did mention that you roped your family into watching it mm-hmm. do you want to share their opinions um, I'm gonna say one thing. So first of all, we only watched the act one together. And then I watched act two by myself. And mm-hmm. if that didn't give you a hint of what they say about the musical, then yeah, it, it should be pretty obvious. Yeah, I would say that they enjoyed it to some degree. But I think the rap was just not up there. Oh, this is going to be going to my final thought as well but Hamilton just didn't (laughs) he just sounded very off tune sometimes oh you mean the actor who played yes yeah that's 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 definitely like oh you don't (laughs) that is a well-known fact with I know that people like him and I admit that he's pretty genius in in terms of like you know writing the music and everything but then he just didn't sound like he's there sometimes no that is literally like the most common thing about him like that is literally what everybody says so obviously really? he's okay. genius uh-huh. in terms of being a composer a lyricist um all that kind of stuff 
And I actually also like his acting. I thought mm-hmm. his acting checked out for me, but his singing is awful. And we knew this from In the Heights. And the only reason, of course, why he's able to get the lead role in this and able to get the lead role pretty much in, in the Heights is because he wrote the show. He wanted to be in a show, in a Broadway show. And he, in order to get accepted into that kind of role, he needs to write his own musicals because he can't entertain it by his like singing abilities alone, let's say. Or his Mm. dancing abilities, which noticeably there aren't any. But he does have a number that is a solo that works here, I think. Um, I was pretty impressed with Hurricane. So he obviously wrote it for himself, for him to be able to make something of that song with his own performance. So he does know his limit, but his performance, of course, is lacking in terms Mm. of vocal abilities and that's never been contested by anybody yeah okay glad to think that i'm not alone in this just so that i feel a little less bad of my criticism but oh, uh no. but yeah I, I think that's why they stop at intermission so yeah. it bothered you a lot his singing it, it bothered me quite a bit mm-hmm. <laughs> i'll give you that I think I can give Lin a pass just because he is quite fabulous in terms of acting. But then in terms of the music is definitely not up there. And if there were like other versions of recording, I would definitely 100% go to listen to that. <laughs> rather yeah, than for his sure. Version, I mean, I think. there is no way he's still currently on Broadway performing with all the year that he had. Oh, my God. He's been busy, busy man. Mm-hmm. Um, so... There are definitely other people who have been Hamilton after him. So no need to worry about that. So I can understand why it might impede your enjoyment of it. And that's Mm -hmm. no disrespect to him. He's incredibly talented in pretty much every other avenue. I don't think his dancing is probably great, but any other avenue between (laughs) these two, uh, apart from these two, uh, especially for creating something like this. Fantastic. Um, So... Because this was rap, and knowing nothing about rap, I thought he was quite skilled at it. Skilled at it, he is able to condense a lot of words into a small amount of time, which is kind of my thoughts about what rap is. Kind of in a specific sort of rhythm, he follows the rhythm pretty well. He's able to say the words, enunciate them correctly, and um, with clarity. Because most of his songs were rap, I didn't mind his singing too, too much. And I also thought that he did Hurricane really well, despite him not being a gifted singer. So it wasn't a big deal to me, especially since all the cast around him were fantastic singers. So the fact that they were fantastic singers maybe actually make his performance worse for you. Um, I won't say that it's a big huge contrast just because as much as I enjoy Burr's song I don't really think that the actor who played Aaron Burr was hitting it right as well so I was I was okay with it but I think in terms of the contrast with the female actresses the difference is big I think we well I mean I knew them from Emily and from Rhett so I think whenever there's a romantic duet or something that like that, it, it showed. But fortunately, I guess for Land that there wasn't that many of those. So it wasn't a big difference. It wasn't like something that was like, oh my God, I wish that they cut his part out from the song. Okay. 
What did you think about um, the actor who played Lafayette and um, Jefferson? So the actor is David Diggs, um, who I thought was fantastic. He's probably had like the most captive persona in there. He had the most charisma out of the cast. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was really captured by his performance personally. I like his performance. I think he has a, yeah, agree with you. So like he has an interesting charisma on stage he's very different in terms of like how he understands his character he has that sort of like a very cocky bitchy almost made me want to punch in his face but then it's so convincing to the point I'd be like I don't really want to punch his face even though that (laughs) I I love that about him really Um, yeah I me too not surprising (laughs) (laughs) but vocally I love 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 Jefferson solo um what did I miss I thought it was so fun. And I think his vocal abilities really, really shine there. Okay. So would he be your favorite character then? No, 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 no. My favorite character, um, I really enjoyed all of them, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really liked Hamilton. I really liked Angelica. I, of course, loved Burr. I wouldn't say I have a central favorite character who I can imagine is Burr for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, I do feel like for this musical, um, one thing that I was really maybe a little bit confused about is mm-hmm. how much that it jumps between the political part of Hamilton's life versus his personal life. Because I sort of, I don't know what I was expecting, I guess. Mm-hmm. But uh, act one for me was very heavily involving his political life which is great and I can sort of follow of what's going on but then act two was sort of jumping around in in a sense and for me it was less like obvious in terms of are we going to talk about his political life or are we going to talk about his relationship with his wife and his personal life per se mm-hmm. so for me at one that definitely was a little bit more easier to follow whereas act two I know that they're trying to like kind of squeeze his whole life into this two hour and a half musical but act two was just a little bit more difficult to follow because there was a lot happening Mm -hmm. and I guess that it makes sense because obviously there's going to be a lot of things that happen in person's life especially for a person like him but for me maybe I'm just not good with um biographical musicals maybe Mm. you did Mm -hmm. enjoy elizabeth i did enjoy elizabeth but i feel like there was a central theme to it you know like they did skip a lot of things and that they probably central themes in hamilton what would that be do you think they they have quite a few themes i think are critical to it i think themes of legacy would be really really critical time is going to be really really important narrative so the who lives who dies who tells your story really really important to it and also your um philosophy in terms of how do you approach challenges how do you approach your ambitions do you wait for it or do you go at it head on and face whatever it is that is um plaguing you so i think the biggest one narrative if i had to name one would be legacy Um, because it includes quite a few of them and is really important motivation and just that critical understanding of the characters including Burr and Hamilton which are the two most important ones so I definitely think there are really important themes in this musical that are quite apparent and I think they also try to mix them up by um, 
baking them into the lyrics with the motifs of every single character that will come up again and again, um, how they show time transition, all these kind of things that I think was so well thought out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. But I can 100% agree with what you're saying. It definitely is not consistent. It is because it's a biography and it is following somebody's life story. So it is very difficult to be consistent. But the way I rationalize it is because he was so involved in the American Revolution. And this is something that is interesting in the story in terms of the amount of side characters that he has more so than the amount of side characters involved in his personal life which were also introduced um this is something that is going to be highlighted a lot more and will be a lot more structured and then towards the end of his life because of all the personal issues that were plaguing him he had to step down from politics so obviously by publishing the reynolds pa- uh, pamphlet and airing out his laundry i believe hamilton's was the first sex scandal in american politics mm-hmm. obviously there is a long proud history <laughs> and legacy from then on about uh that issue in american um politics but his was the first and you can imagine that during that time this is something to be a lot more damning than during our time and that would kind of prevent him from being more involved in politics and mm-hmm. that would kind of also change the story a whole lot more than the tragedy that he had with Philip dying or being killed that is also something that would make him want to be involved less in politics um so I understand where you're coming from but I also think it's important to show that personal aspect of it it's also really interesting for me to see as a younger person he had a lot more drive and a lot more ambition and a lot more of a need to cement his legacy and the older that he gets and the more impact that he has on the government he sees that he actually has done quite a lot and he did cement his legacy by for example starting the national bank which is probably one of the most important thing to him this is kind of like the driving forces that he's been trying to achieve so with that secured that's less of an emphasis for him and as you grow older I feel like people naturally tend to care more about their personal connections their family and especially something after a tragedy I think it'll be quite realistic to go with the route that he's been going through but yeah narratively as a story it can be confusing it can be less entertaining and it can be and something to impede you from enjoying it too Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. do you want to talk about Burr (laughs) honestly I didn't really see him as like an enemy of Hamilton's when Mm -hmm. he first appeared because it seems like even though there are like conflicts in terms of their ideologies or values like it didn't feel like it's going to get that intense you know but up until the point when he gives his vote to Jefferson rather than Burr I could feel how Burr would have felt probably like I feel really bad and I guess if I were Burr I'll also kind of trust Hamilton to give his vote to me so that was the point I'd be like okay maybe he's going to you know translate that anger and frustration into something else because mm-hmm. up until that point we can see that he was definitely jealous of Hamilton but it, he didn't really do anything to him because I want to believe that he's a good person and at least in the show probably I don't know historically what kind of person he is but at least in the show that he didn't do anything really he was just like oh I'm jealous or like 
oh, he like rise up to power, must be nice. And like he always say this like very salty thing, <laughs> but then he won't really do anything about them. Mm-hmm. So I want to say that up until that point, I want to trust him that he he was a good character in the show. But then up on, after that, I, I think I could relate to what he was feeling. Um, so it, it helps me to feel more from his perspective. And I also think that it's interesting that even though this show is called Hamilton and a lot of the story obviously is revolving around Hamilton, but they also give very respectful time to Burr, which mm-hmm. I guess is you know, sort of like seen as an essential enemy or like the rivalry between the two of them as he's the one who took his life, right? Mm-hmm. And that really helped me to like humanize him and to see things from his perspective and to really feel for him and to see him as a as a person. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting um, decision that I'm making. And I like it that they're giving him a lot more showtime because you can really see in front of him rather than just painting Burr as like you know a murderer or like as somebody who's like so jealous of Hamilton and just like purely as a villain that you can really see what happened to him what he was going through and I my favorite song wait for it is also like a very good I think depiction of who he is so that those sort of like moments and the fact that he's sort of like a narrator too really helped me to kind of see him not just like a pure, oh, you're bad, that kind of, you know, character. So I mm-hmm. like him from that perspective. And I think in the sense that it makes it a lot more interesting. So yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. I think that only happened to us in Fun Home when it was kind of almost equal amount of time between Allison and her dad. Mm-hmm. And I think they did that in here masterfully. So Burr is a very interesting character and the dynamic between Burr and Hamilton and how they contrast in terms of their philosophies and in terms of their approach, that is really what amplify both of them as people and as characters uh, without the other being present in the story, it would not be nearly as strong. Mm -hmm. So I think that kind of reliance that they have on each other is super interesting. Mm -hmm. Uh, Love to see it. Obviously I knew... I knew it in my gut that you would love Burr, but I was mm-hmm. curious if there was any other character that you thought strongly of or you liked or disliked in a I, noticeable amount. I really like Angelica as well. Angelica? Angelica, yes. Sorry, I have a colleague called Angelica. So oh, I think that's where it came that's from. That's a nice name. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Yeah, so I really like her as well. I think it's probably because I'm so biased because of the song Satisfy. It's such a good song. And she did such a great job. So it really drew me in um, and feel bad for her character. And the fact that when Hamilton cheated on Eliza and she came to Hamilton and be like, I'm going to be on my sister's side. Yeah. Oh my gosh, so great of her. Of I course. was like, yes, sister power. That was I'm something that was you, so man. clear about her because mm-hmm. from the very beginning, when we're introduced to her or to her narrative, her number one priority was being there for her sister and making sure her sister is satisfied and is happy in the expense of her own happiness. Because obviously she does love Hamilton According to this, I read a little bit. Apparently, there is no suggestion for this happening. Um, yeah, so kind of, like, and I think that there are sons in her family too. So, really, okay, that I didn't yeah. see, but definitely like the the romance between them were suggested, like flirtation, whatever. That was uh, that was an invention, but most likely. But 
she definitely has been shown to be very self-sacrificial to put family first and above and beyond any of her desires so I think the fact that she's so selfless Mm -hmm. is something that is fantastic about her character and makes her almost aspirational and as opposed to somebody like Hamilton who pretty much in every turn has been a very selfish character Mm -hmm. not in a bad way like selfish doesn't necessarily mean that he's bad um or that he is a villain in some in some way but his drive is very self Self, yeah (laughs) Yeah. self-motivated very self-motivated so that is the main difference between them because I think Hamilton also has a lot of contrast with her but um with Angelica but in his sense they're identical almost they're Mm -hmm. pretty much the same except for putting somebody else before them so for Hamilton there is pretty much none of that and for Angelica there's her family that comes before everything else so that's why he was also surprised when she came back and he was like oh you came here to defend me and then she's like I'm not here for you I'm here for my Mm -hmm. sister so because he thought they were so similar I think he expected her to understand him but mm-hmm. that's where their differences are. Yeah, absolutely. And it's very interesting because at some point you do see that they're very similar people and they keep emphasizing that over and over again. And there are moments when you can see that he's so different from Eliza, for example, and they're just so different people. I think especially when Eliza says that, oh, this is enough, like whatever we life we have, this is enough. And you can clearly see from Hamilton's face that it wasn't enough for him. No. <laughs> and that was uh, the moment for like, yeah, yeah, they're not the same people. And as somebody who has sibling as well, like it's something that like makes me go like oh you know like I feel so bad for her and the the whole the way that whole song was um arranged in a way that you rewind to what happened literally the song before just it hits differently because you can see the same story but from her perspective mm-hmm. and I just really really love her I loved her from when she was playing Mimi too so I think oh, I yeah. already loved the actress and and Angelica the character was also so 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 nice I kind of feel bad for like the third sister I can't remember her name yeah I don't think she was very in- important in the story but she was just kind of there you know for the smaller roles they double the actors oh, so the okay. actress who played Peggy also played Mariah Oh, okay. <laughs> I did not recognize, but okay, that makes I sense. I figured you did. <laughs> um, yeah, and her her voice is gorgeous. Like her voice is like earth shattering, like gorgeous. I you, everybody knows I love deep voices. Her voice is very, very deep. Amazing, amazing, amazing voice. So I did really like say no to this, mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, yeah, Angelica is absolutely a fantastic character, and I guess. Besides Burr, she would be your favorite? Probably, probably. Okay. How about you? Uh, I, I really love all of them. But Aww. except, I suppose, for the farmer. I don't care for the for farmer. farmer. <laughs> um, I also don't care much for Charles Lee. <laughs> and for, for, for James Reynolds, obviously, mm. because why would I? But um, yeah, so except for these three, I really like all of them. Um, obviously the main characters would be the one I like most but I think you touched on something that is really really interesting about this musical and that's kind of like the different 
ways to showcase songs that they have and showcase different events. They incorporate a lot of different styles, different musical styles into the musical. So something that I thought was really interesting is the most classically musical theater songs, most likely is going to be um, King George's. And he is representing the establishment. He's representing the old regime (laughs) and giving him something that follows with classical musical theater in the play and obviously one of the only white characters as well that is something that is really really interesting in that regard giving Jefferson something that is a lot more jazz inspired they have a lot of hip-hop they have a lot of like rap obviously and that is communicating something different about the characters and then for the ways the songs are introduced you have the rewind feature between Hopeless and satisfied and then something that I really really love is the rap battles because I think that is probably the best way to showcase something like a debate within the senate or any debate at all not only does rap allow you to put more words into the song because of how quick they talk in there compared to like a normal melody but also I feel like rap battles I don't know how much YouTube you've seen but there is this YouTube channel called epic rap battle of history rap battles are something that would be ideal for something like a debate so the way they incorporated the songs in there with the different methods to introduce them in the different genre I think makes a lot of sense and I think there's a lot of thought behind it which is something that whenever you hear the musical again or wherever you see it again if you watch the pro shot or watch it in person if you're lucky enough you get to enjoy and that's something that I absolutely love in any musical that I go to see or I listen to Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is there any moment where you're like oh you know that decision is so right for this or that decision makes so much sense that decision I think it will be probably the decision when Eliza decides to burn all the letters. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. I, I think if I were Eliza, Eliza, sorry, I would probably want to burn all that too. For it's the same like, reasons? Probably for the same reason. That was so disrespectful, first of all. And I think out of anger, I would do something similar just because, like, why not? Like, if you don't respect me to the point that you want to tell it to my face and I have to find out from this publication and probably be the last person to find out about this, then you literally don't deserve any of my affections or my previous affections even. So I'm going to burn all this. So that's something that I would probably see myself doing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I find it amazing that I actually burn it on the stage. Oh, yeah. Like, it's not like a fax or anything. It was like literally fire. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah. But how about you? Did you have a moment like that since you asked the question? I guess besides the one that I've already described, mm-hmm. something really, really small that I thought was really, really cute is um, when they were having their wedding um, mm-hmm. right before Satisfied and it's in the end of Helpless, they had um, Peggy and Eliza, not Eliza, Peggy and Angelica escorted by um, two of the three guys. So obviously the three guys are Lawrence and Lafayette. And then they had Mulligan, Hercules Mulligan as the flower girl. <laughs> That was so cute. Um, it was really, really adorable. I love that. And there is one line in the Battle of Yorktown that is very, very famous. You'll hear a lot of people talk about it in the context of the musical. But as somebody who is an immigrant, um, maybe it resonated with you as well. Um, it's immigrants, we get the job done. 
I love mm. that line to death. I think about it. It leaves rent free in my mind 24-7. It would just come out of nowhere, not even related to anything Hamilton, like that I didn't listen to Hamilton, let's say in that day or even that week. And I didn't see anything Hamilton related, but it would just pop into my brain because it's such a good line. And <laughs> I love how immigrant friendly the musical is. Like that is something that somebody who is not a person of color like me um, can really relate to in the musical perspective. Ooh, do you mind me asking, by the way? So as a person of color, did you appreciate the flip of showcasing like people who are mainly white as people of color? Oh, that's an interesting question. I think I appreciate it because at least we get a diverse cast. But then, I don't know. I'm not really sure where I stand with that. I mean, for me, it makes very little difference. I suppose the only yeah. difference that makes is uh, the, actress, the actor who plays Lafayette. Um, so David Diggs, he's Jewish. So that is kind of like the only uh, reflection it will have on me. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure because there was obviously the talk that some of the things that really was revolutionary about Hamilton is how the musical that is really traditional about the founding fathers and about American history that involves a lot of white people needs to become more accessible towards people of color. And I was wondering if you had an opinion on it of seeing it represent to you. I know you're not American, so that's yeah. different. But well, honestly, it's not something I'm super excited about because I think how history was is just how it was so mm -hmm. for me it's not gonna be a deal breaker nor is it gonna make me be like oh my god I'm going to buy 10 tickets to support it because you know so on and <laughs> so forth nice. I think the thought is nice and I'll give them the credits for for trying but the fact that literally it was built you know by white people is just the way it is like no matter how diverse you're trying to make it in modern day you can't change the past and that's just how the history was so for me I don't see it as something that I would get super excited about but I can appreciate the thought mm -hmm. did you appreciate the immigrant narrative I do I do okay. I think it's something that can speak to you know, with the both of us. And as an immigrant myself, I think that's something that we can be more related to because just because like the whole context of this entire musical is history that is not really relevant to us. So it, it sort of like brings me closer to the whole idea and just the life and the things that they're trying to achieve at that time as an immigrant to be like, oh, okay, that's, you know, kind of nice. Do you think that mentality of like being super driven, do you think that's because that's driven from him being an immigrant or like is that something you recognize in yourself as well and you think is just inherent to being an immigrant I think it's something that I can see in myself too but I don't know if his motivation of driving all these changes are purely because he's an immigrant or not I think mm -hmm. it has a lot of other personal motivation like to rise up to leave his legacy whatever For sure. um but I can definitely see like, okay, maybe as an immigrant, this is something I can relate to because I also want to like try hard to achieve X, Y, Z and to make sure that I have a successful life, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if that's something that only immigrants can relate to. For if sure. you, yeah, right. Because if you're here, that doesn't mean that you're just going to stop trying. For sure. And I think <laughs> yeah. also the fact that he came from a less affluent 
background. They keep mentioning it in, and throwing it in his face, actually, the fact that he doesn't come from money um, and that his lineage is was questionable. Um, that probably was a huge drive for him as well, aside mm-hmm. from being an immigrant. And yeah, that is exactly. probably something a lot of people who are born here uh, would come from a less like uh, higher up socioeconomic um, place can relate to as well just wanting to better your station and wanting to uh, prove yourself in some way so it's definitely a compounding factor but I do appreciate that they mention and put uh, like an aspect of it right there in the center the immigration portion of it because mm-hmm. I don't think this is something we see a lot yeah that's true in general, sorry, I just like, <laughs> I was really keep on wondering, because since you said that there are so many songs that you did enjoy mm-hmm. in this musical, if you have to pick one to sing in a karaoke. <laughs> oh, that's definitely going to be satisfying. Oh, okay. okay. Even the rap part? Oh, okay. So usually, my sister is really into that musical as well, as I mentioned before. Um, usually, I would sing the actual song part and then she would do the rapping part we used to do that a lot with like an Ed Sheeran <laughs> really yeah um, nice. it's because I am not great at speaking fast and enunciating while speaking fast so that is definitely not my strong suit and um, Emma is much better at it than I am and, and meanwhile she is almost tone deaf in my opinion we took a test and apparently she's not but I'm gonna argue till the end of time that she is so <laughs> um, that is less of her strong suit but she definitely um, enjoys doing both of them if we nice. sing it together she will end up doing the rap part herself uh, I find that helpless is very very difficult to sing because I also tried that one um I probably tried singing all of them my favorite to sing apart from satisfied would definitely be King George's oh, okay. okay it's a fun song it's really fun <laughs> King George's he has several though well, was... they're the same it's like oh. a reprise of the first one right oh that's true like you'll yeah. be back yeah exactly they're all reprises they're all exactly the same just different lyrics okay. I'm assuming yours would also be satisfied uh I don't think I'm gonna give that a try because I can't rap so I don't imagine I'll be able to sing like maybe 80% of the song but honestly yeah like King George's one is probably a pretty good pick because Mm -hmm. it's a funny song it's an easy to sing song and it's just funny in general yeah for sure King George is great the song (laughs) (laughs) I think Dear Theodosia would be also okay to sing because there is no rap in it Mm -hmm. um it's the less memorable one though I love I mean I I didn't mention that it is my current favorite so I think it is very memorable but then again I listened to this at least 28 hours I can tell you it's much more because this is from 2019 (laughs) so yeah um I would recognize all of these almost by heart. What would be really, really, really fun to do? And I absolutely have none of the skills to do that. But any of the cabinet battles would be so fun. That would be fun. Can we say, can we talk about how Hamilton destroyed Jefferson in both of them? (laughs) Like, I thought Jefferson, obviously... He is meant to lose them, I think. But his verses are weak compared to Hamilton's. That's true. That's true. But my thing is, like, 
the moment before Hamilton speaks, I was like, oh, that was a pretty good one, Jefferson. And then Hamilton started speaking and I'm like, okay, you, you got trashed. Like, that was, <laughs> that was no coming back from this. Yeah. Yeah. You know what could be really fun to sing in a karaoke? The story of tonight. If you're in a group, like with a group of friends, that's exactly what it is. Like just a karaoke, having a good time, having some soju or something. And then singing the story of tonight, where the glass to freedom could be so much fun. Ooh, that and that would, would be, be like a group number. And it would feel like really like good bonding moment. Very, very yeah. close. That would be an A plus song to sing a karaoke, guys. Yeah. <laughs> it can be like a squat song. Just be like, exactly. yeah exactly um and obviously if you are really keen um my shot which the two most famous I think besides um satisfied I'd say is gonna be my shot and then Alexander Hamilton I'm not sure how in depth you went down the rabbit hole but I think it was during slam poetry not slam poetry but but uh open mic how um, event at the White House before Hamilton was a thing at an open mic event at the White House. Lin-Manuel Miranda sang Alexander Hamilton, which is the first number here. And everybody laughed at him. What? Yeah, everybody oh laughed God. at him when he said Alexander Hamilton. When he got to that part, which is very, very soon. Um, my name is Alexander Hamilton. The entire White House started to laugh, and there was a video of that going around. And then they have Ooh. it was really cute, but there was another compilation. They put the the first time that he introduced it in the White House, and then the first time that he sang it in Broadway. And then everybody clapped and cheered afterwards. And the contrast between those, and that is so rewarding to see. It's so amazing just seeing the kind of ridicule that he got before, and then the kind of celebration that he enjoyed after. Just seeing that is amazing <laughs> that's quite incredible i'll give you isn't that. it yeah and by the way my shot is this one song that is stuck in my head but i really wanted Ooh. to kick it out <laughs> that's not good. no 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 not because it's bad but because like it literally in my head it keeps just repeating the my shot my shot part and it just goes on repeat it's not like the entire song was on replay it's literally mm-hmm. that one line was keep on repeating itself in my head i can see how that would be annoying right right so i was like oh man it's been two days like i need to get it out of my head oh man um another moment i really love i like how hercules mulligan he has like the thing before (laughs) i was like wow that is amazing just give me 10 hours of this on a loop i don't know how much time you've been wasting on youtube but i go to sleep with something in my ears um and usually it's a podcast or a really long youtube video um recently i've been watching the pretty little liar recap from mike's mike but um just 10 hours of those i had 10 hours of neon cat before <laughs> if you're if you know which one it is i'm sorry to say if you know which one it is you probably like it doesn't matter but neon cat i had 10 hours of that i had 10 hours of the dabbing frog and i can have 10 hours of the pra pra thing he does oh before his introduction goodness. 100% somebody make that for me i would i, I guarantee you'd have at least one one um what how are they called view one view mm. oh and from lafayette 
clearly I'm gushing. I'm so sorry, you guys. But um, I love that he does, again, because it's so relatable. I love that he does anarchy and then how you say anarchy. It happens to me all the time. <laughs> all the time. Not with anarchy and anarchy, but with uh-huh. a ton of other things. I'm sure you can probably pull five from this recording unless Claire is being great about editing which I'm sure she is <laughs> oh no I can relate remember yeah. last week Annie Annie yeah oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay okay no I love this it's like the little things that you enjoy from the musical and in the nicest way possible Becky but like it, but it's just like weird little things <laughs> and you like, share it I love that would you expect anything else from me no, this is exactly what I needed to hear. Thank exactly. you. Exactly. You're, you're so welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Would any of the songs be good enough to add to your personal playlist? That's a great question, Becky, because I was thinking about what songs I should include or what song I should add to my musical playlist. Okay. And unfortunately, right now, I don't really have a pick. Uh, I think maybe satisfied would be a fun one, but then it, mm-hmm, yeah. Not even I, wait I don't, for it. Sorry. Not even wait for it. I have to listen to the recording version. Yeah. Would you re-listen to the soundtrack? I would. Okay. I w- I definitely will. That's good enough for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anything else you wanted to discuss? Any other characters? Any other devices in terms of like what is it called? theatrical thematical thematical devices or um anything plot related anything song related costuming great fantastic stage design very beautiful the dancers did an amazing job all of these top notch for sure in my opinion Mm -hmm. um i cannot speak to the accuracy of the costuming but when they mentioned that this is around the same time as the french revolution i was trying to think about rococo correct me if i'm wrong (laughs) i don't do much historical fashion at all i just watch mina lee and whatever but um mina lee i think but it did look accurate to me and i think i've seen the uniform the the soldiers wore in paintings and it looked mm-hmm. the same. So mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think I'm sure they did their due diligence in terms of accuracy. Mm-hmm. No, I agree with you. The costume looks absolutely amazing. Again, I also don't know about the accuracy of it, but yeah. it just looks nice and that's good enough for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and other than that, I don't really have a lot to say. Do you have a part of Hamilton that affects you the most emotionally? Hmm. Uh, I wouldn't say that. Usually, if something affects me negatively emotionally, I will not like it. Mm. So, <laughs> okay. Yeah, I will outright not like it. If something makes me cry for the wrong reasons, um, you can rest assured. I mean, none of it has ever happened yet, but you could rest assured I would probably give it a one out of 10 or a zero out of 10. Okay. So, the fact that this doesn't happen is great but I do think that I felt like some type of way especially after seeing it for the first time because it does feel greater than life so mm-hmm. having that kind of feeling of watching something that is really meaningful and having that kind of awe uh, when witnessing it is definitely something that I had but I wouldn't say I was especially moved by anything to tears or to fixate on a specific part Mm, How about okay. yourself? I think for me, um, 
I was really moved emotionally during Satisfied and also during the fact when he dies and uh, probably towards the very, very last song, I actually can't remember what song it was, but when uh, Eliza started singing about her life and like how she overcomes, like, I guess the grief and everything else. And she, that's yeah, I think that's the last song, right? Yeah, that's the last yeah. song. <laughs> yeah, I think that was really powerful and very unique in a sense that because you do end with her instead of Hamilton, <laughs> yeah. I guess. And you get to see her life outside just being Hamilton's wife, you know, um, which is something that I really, really love considering how in Elizabeth and, and Diana, there's a lot of other aspect of their life that didn't really get a lot of um, showtime or screen time mentioning. So the fact that we get to see what she accomplished as a person and, you know, being not just the wife, but also her own person, um, I think it shows a lot too. Uh, I mean, I can see where you're coming from, but I think the time that they devote to her, that they tell about her life after Hamilton and after his death, the entire section is devoted to what she did because of him or what she did for him. So the orphanage oh. she did because she was reminded of his eyes every single time they like she was interacting with the children. The Washington Monument is to tell his story, she says. Um, she tried to make sense of the thousands of like leaflet writings he had to make sense of who he was and what his story was. So every single thing we see her devoted to after his death was actually devoted to him and not to her own life. She did it in, she said, oh, you know, if you had the time that I had, and time is another huge theme in the musical, this is, you would be able to do so much more. So with the time that she had, she did it in service of him and not of herself Mm -hmm. necessarily. Mm -hmm. So I can see where you're coming from. Uh, I think it's neat to not just end with him like they did in Diana, for example, or like they did in Elizabeth. But... I have more questions regarding seeing her mm. own life because mm-hmm. I don't. No, that's fair. That's it. fair. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I did. I did definitely enjoy the final portion of it. I thought it was very moving. I do think it's a little bit confusing about how they decided to end it. So the way I interpreted it is, she has like a scream in the end, which is there is no narrative reason for it. But I think she was on the brink of death, and she saw him and his family and her family. Um, because she was moving on to the afterlife and that was kind of her yelp but it's kind of nonsensical (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah so I think that wraps up everything for us so if you guys if this makes it to the recording and you guys get it yet we're doing a quiz (laughs) we're in the quiz portion of things yes we are in the quiz portion of things and today we're going to do which hamilton character are you quiz and this is also from buzzfeed okay question number one who's your right hand man my mom my sibling my dad my significant other myself my bff my colleague my assistant wow my therapist (laughs) My assistant. I know my assistant assistant just hang around. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to say my significant other. My sibling. Pick a Hamilton song. One last time. You'll be back. Helpless. Satisfied. Wait for it. Guns and ships. What did I miss? My shot. Say no to this. You know I'm going to pick and wait for it. I'm going to go with satisfied. It must be nice, it must be nice to have 
lots of money, <laughs> a significant other, zero hangovers, a college education, an army, ambition, intellect, friends, and empire. Okay, um, this is an interesting one. I'm going to choose... <laughs> I'm really having a hard time choosing between intellect and friends. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to choose intellect probably. Uh, I think I'll go with intellect as well. It's the greatest city in the world. Where would you like to live? New York, LA, London, Tokyo, Paris, Mexico City, Sydney, Lisbon, Rio de Janeiro. Okay, you know what? Honestly, I would not want to live in any of these cities. Really? Not even Tokyo? No. Are you kidding? Tokyo is like so crowded. Didn't you enjoy your time there? I mean, as a traveler, yes, but to live, that's a different story. But I'm going to choose Lisbon just because Lisbon, here I come in just a couple of weeks. So I'm very excited. (laughs) I'm going to stay devoted. But how about Uh, you? New York. Okay. Take a break. Run away with us for the summer. Let's go to... I feel like these are very similar, but Italy, Russia, Germany, China, Indonesia, New Zealand, Peru, Spain, India. I'm loving these questions. I'm going to choose New Zealand. <laughs> this is tailored to you, I think, with all the I know. travel. All the travel. I love it. I'm going to go with Germany. It's the election of 2032. Who are you voting for president? Oof. Okay. Oh, thank God. It's not political. Beyonce, <laughs> <laughs> Lin-Manuel Miranda, Chris Evans, Oprah, Lady Gaga, Chrissy Teigen. This is very outdated, apparently. Kim Kardashian, Meghan Markle, Jesse Williams. No. I know everybody except for Jesse Williams. I'm going to choose Lady Gaga. I'm going to choose Chris Evans. I trust him. You're never satisfied. What's one quality you wish you had more of? Patience, kindness, bravery, discipline, ambition, intelligence, humor, confidence, independence. <laughs> I'm really having a hard time choosing between patience and discipline. Uh, gonna choose patience. I'm having a difficult time between discipline and confidence. Hmm. I'm gonna choose discipline as well. <laughs> There is a million things you haven't done. What's on your bucket list? Skydiving, you would never catch me dead. Swimming with sharks, <laughs> bungee jump, all of these. Mm-mm. Climbing Mount Everest, getting a ta- getting a tattoo, whitewater rafting. I don't know what that is. Going on safari, scuba diving, walking Ooh. on hot coal. There is only one thing I would ever do from here. Scuba well, diving. I, yeah, scuba diving or going on safari. I think I'd go with going on safari. I would love to scuba dive, but yes. Okay. okay. Finally, history has its eyes on you. What do you want to be known for? Writing a book, being internet famous, producing a film, beating a Guinness world record, changing a law, marrying rich, Inventing something, leading a movement, being the best. Writing a book. You know, beating a Guinness World Record was an obsession of mine as a kid, like as Seriously? a young kid. A huge obsession. Like one of the things I remember trying to do for years and years was, um, you know how you cut like strips of papers and you would create them into like, you, make, you would make it into circles and you would kind of like chain them together. 
mm-hmm. like this and make mm-hmm. like a huge necklace, mm-hmm. let's say, or whatever. Um, so I wanted to make the longest one in the world. And I thought, oh, you know, I'd be able to do it by myself or with a couple of friends. And I, I tried doing that for years and years. Obviously, that <laughs> didn't go well because I am not in any Guinness World Records. But it's something I really wanted to do as a kid. Aww. I don't care for it much now. Um, I don't think Guinness um, World Record is as big of a deal now as it was in like the early 2000s. Um, did you have anything like that? Like, did you pay attention to the Guinness World Record at all? Uh, I did, but like, I never really think of breaking one. Do you remember any of them? There's There are two that I remember distinctly. No. Okay, no. there's one, I believe he might have been, well, he's not on any of the covers because the covers are like these shiny weird looking fronts but um there was this guy who put a lot of straws in his mouth and the the record is how many straws he can put in his mouth and was very very disturbing to see i believe he was dressed like he was from the matrix as well like all black leather whatever long trench coat um and then there was this the woman with the longest nails i remember that one yeah so those two I remember very distinctively. But I think... Oh, wait. Actually, I do remember one now. It was mm. like a guy who can like drink milk, apparently, and then shoots oh. milk out of his nose. Ew. And it was like the longest distance that he can shoot milk out. <laughs> Imagine how many boogers get out there, too. Ew. Ew. It was very disgusting. And I remember seeing this on TV and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, who, <laughs> who goes around and be like, yeah, I'm going to practice this. And and like you know make a war record of it, but anyways, yeah. go for disgusting, him, I yeah. disgusting. I think leading a movement or inventing something. Let's go with inventing something. Who did you get? I got Eliza. Nice. Yeah, so it says you are goodness personified. People know that they can rely on your support and kindness whenever times gets tough. It may lead some folks to think that they can take advantage of you, but that's a mistake that they won't make twice. Oh, that is that is very nice. That I got nice. Thomas Jefferson. Okay. You know how nice. smart you are and don't see any reason to act humble about it. And that's great. Confidence is key. The two things that was delivered in between is discipline and confidence. So that's very interesting. Just don't forget to consider another point of view every once in a while. So they did get the stubbornness out of this, it seems. Mm-hmm. But uh, interesting. <laughs> uh, interesting. everything else is interesting. So that is for the quiz portion. Should we move into our final ranking? Yes, please. i'm going to give it six out of ten what should i I would like you to explain yourself i just don't like rap all that much so that was really i was just a little bit disappointed with the rap music Mm. i think it wasn't up there for me and for me in order to give a high score the music has to be really good like i have Mm. to enjoy maybe at least 70% of the songs and I will say that I do enjoy the songs that didn't or like I do enjoy the songs when they don't have the rap in it but the rap part was yeah it was really not there for me but that's because I'm not into rap neither am I but to each their own um I'm going oh wait six out of ten what ah burnt letters probably okay I'm going to give it 9.5 out of 10. Ooh. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to the best of my abilities. Um, I love that. <laughs> so in 9.5 out of 10, those, I'm not going to repeat myself. But that is it for our ranking, I guess. And that is it for today's episode. If you want to discuss with us any portion of it, anything besides American history, as I mentioned, neither of us know anything about it. And even though Claire is so graciously and kindly told you that you, you can debate me about it I am not going to debate anything about this um so you can discuss any portion besides that um of the podcast with us um you can discuss anything we talked about in the past the door is always open there is always room for that or you can give us recommendations for things to cover in the future maybe one of those days it will be a play um you can do all of that and more through our social media um, you can contact us on Instagram, Twitter, and Reddit under Podway Podcast. If you're not a social media person, neither are we. You can contact us on email at podwaypodcast at gmail.com. If you have it in your heart, your big, kind, gracious Eliza um, Skylar-esque <laughs> heart, to give us a review, throw um a star rating a five star preferably but a star rating um our way it would really help other people find our podcast and and kind of develop more of a community we would love to hear um more people's interaction with us and what they think about it and that of course includes the review and the star ranking so please do it in any capacity wherever you listen to us spotify i think is where most of you listen to us from um that would be greatly appreciated Until then, thank you for listening and bye! Bye!